Hello and welcome to K Sarasara, the FA Cup podcast which takes you closer to some of the most fascinating stories surrounding the oldest cup competition in football. It might have started over 150 years ago, but the FA Cup is still something that so many people care about, and that is precisely what this podcast will aim to show. I'm your host, George Wilson, and I'll look to bring you interviews and discussion in every single episode. The third round proper then, it's very nearly done and dusted, and what a round of matches it was. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. This is, of course, a slightly later upload than usual, and maybe a little later than I would have hoped, so apologies for that. And if you're still listening to this, despite the little gap between the actual third round weekend and this being uploaded, then it is appreciated. But it's probably worth saying as well that we, of course, only had the replays just a few days ago. So hopefully the FA Cup is still in your thinking at the moment and what went on is still in your mind. Anyway, on with the episode and I've said there just how good I thought the third round proper was and I hope you think it was as well if you paid an active interest. There were four outcomes that really stood out to me and probably stood out to a lot of people. So I'm going to go through these now and then we'll get on with the interview for this week which surrounds one of these shock outcomes um, because I think that's what we want to hear about when we think about the third round. The first of which, Coventry 3, Wrexham 4. What an incredible game that was. Wrexham of the National League, of course. They've been on a great run to get to this stage. And um, that fairy tale continues. I think you can definitely say fairy tale, given Wrexham's ownership and all that surrounded that. Anyway, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I'm going to come on to speak about Wrexham probably in a future episode in not too long from now. But... Quite a game it was. Coventry, they might not be in the Premier League anymore, but their home record this season and last season too has been pretty brilliant, to be honest. So for Wrexham to go there and win in the way they did, OK, it got nerves at the end. But yeah, quite the result for the National League side and they're into round four. Second outcome that I want to speak about, Blackpool 4, Nottingham Forest 1. Nottingham Forest, of course, of the Premier League and the results have been picking up for them of late, but this was a real stinker for them at Bloomfield Road. Steve Cooper rang the changes and it cost him in that game. Of course, I'm sure since results have kind of turned for Forest in the Premier League, you know, things are looking up for them there and they've also made it to the semis of the Carabao Cup, so maybe it won't bother them too much, but still, that was quite the afternoon and quite the result for Blackpool and lastly before I move on to the game which we're going to discuss more kind of in the interview part of today's episode Aston Villa 1 Stevenage 2 probably the result of the round I I think that's probably fair to say Steve Evans's side it was a remarkable late turnaround at Villa Park two late goals I think the first was in the 88th minute, then the second into added time. Villa, of course, it's just been miserable for them in this competition in recent years. They cannot win a game. Kind of ever since they made it to the final under Tim Sherwood, it's kind of just been misery, like I said. And for a team looking for Europe, 
they will have been disappointed to go out at such an early stage and to a side from League Two. But Stevenage, so much credit they deserve um, and best of luck to them moving forward. And moving on to the fourth outcome, this one, I'm sure you've guessed it because it hasn't yet been mentioned. Sheffield Wednesday 2, Newcastle 1. It was on that Saturday night at Hillsborough, 25,000 fans in attendance and the Owls put on a really impressive performance in front of the TV cameras as well, of course. So a lot of people would have seen this one. Newcastle flying high in the Premier League. What a season they're having. Eddie Howe has already said how much he wants to prioritise the Cups. And it went wrong for them at Hillsborough. And I caught up with Devin Cash, who's a really good friend of mine from university, but also a supporter of Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, of course, have got history in this competition. They're three-time winners, but this result still meant a lot to them. And I, I wanted to hear from him about kind of how he saw it um, and, yeah, just how much he enjoyed it. So here it is. Devon, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Saturday's brilliant win for your team, Sheffield Wednesday, who are, of course, flying high in League One this season. Um, but this FA Cup run has come along and I'm sure you're welcoming it. I want to take you back to Saturday night when you knew the form that Wednesday were in, but equally you knew how strong Newcastle have been this season. You knew that their last defeat had come as long ago as August the 31st in 2022. So when you sat down, when you sat down to watch the game, um, what were you expecting? Did, did you see this result coming? I think there were a little bit of, of nervousness beforehand. I think that comes naturally with these sort of um, cup games, uh, especially when, you know, in obviously more recent times, Sheffield Wednesday are now a, a League One club. Uh, and even more recently, Newcastle are now a sort of a powerhouse that are wanting to become sort of a mainstay in that top four uh, picture. So, when looking at the, the side and what Eddie Howard done um, and how he was playing with, with that certain intensity, I was a little bit worried that we might um, get overturned quite easily. That mm. said, I, had, I still had that little bit of feeling inside where I thought I really could do it. Let's put up a good fight. And I, I was thinking more when we get knocked out because uh, we've only had, we've had a couple of good cup, uh, cup sets, if you want to throw a cliche in there with the the Arsenal win in 2015, albeit that was in the League Cup, uh, and we beat mm -hmm. Brighton a couple of seasons ago uh, when we were still in the Championship under Gary Monk. We beat them 1-0 at the Amex. Uh, Adam Reach scored, uh, and I think there was a memorable interview from uh, Azaze Yurigide, um that went quite viral as well. Mm -hmm. um, so coming into it, I thought, let's, let's put in a well-respected performance, but ultimately, if we're out of the FA Cup, full concentration concentration should be on the league and getting back into the championship. Uh, however, you know, that went all out of the window after the final whistle uh, and any feelings during the match. It's a win as well, Devon, which after the event, I think so many people who watched the game, but also um, those who worked on it and have analysed it since, it's a result that, you know, people have credited to Wednesday and have said, just how much they were deserving of, of it. You know, we, it was no fluke. Um, where did you, how did you kind of 
see it. Did, did you feel like it was very much a deserving victory for the Owls? Um, I think based on, if you look at the, just on the paper, the two sides, uh, even though Newcastle had made, was it seven or eight changes? Still had likes of Sven Botman, who has done uh, wonders for, for Newcastle's defence in, in the Premier League this season, uh, even though they, they had sort of pretty, pretty much sorted that back line out. Uh, the four round, it sort of took them to the next level. Uh, mm -hmm. Isaac has also played, or Isaac, I can't, I'm not sure what the pronunciation, but he's played for, for Sweden in a, a Euros. So there's some still some really big players, and ultimately it's still League One players, um, possibly a big influx of that championship quality in them, but mm -hmm. ultimately League One versus Premier League. Um, and I, I do think because of the, the fight and in particular, so, some characteristics and of the side that I've not seen in a lot of performances this season. I think probably one thing we'll probably go on to talk about in terms of like how Wednesday are going to shape up for the rest of the season is the confidence in in Darren Moore to deliver that promotion and how we've been playing as a side and the little bit of unrest between supporters. However, I think the the occasion is something that will remain in many people's hearts. Uh, it's a shame the, the training stacks ruined it a little bit, but um, just overall, I think we, yeah, 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 we deserved it. I'm, I'm going to go out <laughs> and go out away here and say um, we had to dig in, we had to defend at times. Cameron Dawson had an exceptional performance, uh, some exceptional, uh, I'm saying exceptional twice there, uh, but some excellent saves that he did. Uh, the, the one in particular from uh, Anderson, where it dropped to him in the box. I think it must. It can't have been more than five yards away, and he's so he spread himself well. Uh, a little bit. I want to say it's uh, it's like Martinez in the, the the World Cup final, but obviously this game was more important. Um, and he, he he had them several saves in there. So I think overall, I think yeah, you've got to give, give us some credit. I think. Given that Martinez is a former Wednesday player, I'm going to let you have that one, Dev. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to go on to ask you about Josh Windass, who, of course, stole the headlines with his two goals. Um, most notably, I thought, um, that second goal, because there was a bit of controversy surrounding the first Wednesday goal and the Newcastle goal. If VAR was involved, they're probably both being chalked off. But that second goal that he scored made sure that, you know, if you're talking on the fair stakes, it was maybe 1-0 to Wednesday, ended up finishing 2-1. But forgetting all of that, that I've just said, that second Windass goal was just a fantastic finish, wasn't it? Oh, it was absolutely sublime. Um, and I think he's he's got that quality, I think. Somebody that obviously has played in, I think he's played in the, the Europa League. I'm not sure if, I don't think he made the step up into the Champions League because I think when he were at Rangers, that was when Celtic were on there, uh, on the way to the 10 that they did overall. But he's obviously played in Europe, played a lot in the Championship. Um, and that's probably where a lot of frustrations come um, sometimes that we're not seeing this more often um, from, a, from a league perspective because I think now he's on uh, 11 goals for the season uh, albeit, you know, two of them came against Newcastle, one against Morecambe in the first round. Um, the seven that he scored, three of them were were against Cambridge the the game before the Newcastle match. 
I just, um, but to, to obviously answer your question and focus, because this is the, the brilliant FA Cup podcast that you do. Um, I think both, I think both goals had that touch of quality. I think not, not from particularly just Windass, I think George Byers has turned. Um, it's completely, I think, I'm pretty sure I've seen Longstaff walking up Peniston Road still from from wondering where is the ball's gone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, you know there is the offside calls, but you know it does take two touches on the way through. Obviously, the the ball originally from from um, a Dennering goes into more into his path because it, it I think it's Manquilo knocks it on, and then when he puts it through the legs of the defender, it takes a nick. But I, I, you know, there's that many offside calls and rules that. It, it probably uh, if if it had to go, it would be probably offside. Um, albeit not not much has been talked about the Newcastle equaliser being offside. Um, when I think there was two in that in in both phases. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know it, it's the FA Cup. I, I'd I'd really prefer the FA Cup not to have VAR because of the unfair advantage like that in having it in some games and not in others. Um, I'm with you on that. I have to say, yeah, I mean, it, there's there's no point having it at like Villa versus Morecambe, for example. I know that weren't the fixture, but and they were a fixture that I really could have said that uh, that <laughs> involved Villa, uh, probably the the cup set of the tie um, at, at the round. But when it's at FC United and Manchester versus Ashton United, there's no point if you're going to start it from that early on. Why are we bringing different rules into that side? But Talk that that second goal from Windass just to uh, stop rambling on about the the first goal and VAR and just the ounce of quality. Um, obviously not the ounce of quality from Newcastle. We gained ball away so cheaply, but Smith put ball into his uh, into Windass's path really well. Windass finished with a plowman. Uh, I think that's that's sort of a, that's the worst position for Wednesday fans because then you start thinking, oh my God, we're going to do this. And then, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they made it very nervy in the final bit. But, you know, Windass could have had a hat-trick with the, the free kick as well, um, which caught me off guard. I thought, oh, this is going massively over and it just dipped really quickly at the last minute. Um, and I think overall, I just wish, I hope it's not that sort of cliche of is now it's in the transfer window, he's starting to play well again. Um, and we we see this for the rest of the season because he could be someone really key, especially in that tight three horse race. Uh, possibly Barnsley in that, but I know they've, they've faded off quite a bit. Certainly could. And you say there about the three horse race that's going on in League One at the moment, and promotion is very clearly the aim for Sheffield Wednesday this year. But do you see this cup run as only a good thing for Darren Moore and his side in that? You know, you can kind of approach it going into round four and possibly beyond now as, you know, games that you don't have to win and games where players can go out and express themselves just as Byers did, as you said, and just as Windass did. Do you think that can continue in that good vein? Because I know Ipswich are still in the competition, had a good result in the same competition at the weekend. Plymouth are out. I don't know who that's going to benefit. No one does. But how do you view it? All I want to see is that sort of grit, that determination, that fight. I want to see it for the rest of the season in them league games. First and for ultimately, um, that's that's the aim. Yeah, cup runs are great, but if we'd have got knocked out by Morgan in that first round, I'd have really, I wouldn't have been 
bothered at all because ultimate ultimate aim would be getting Wednesday back in the championship. Um, we know previous examples like Charlton and Sheffield United that have been in that rut, in that it, it stuck in League One, and it's hard. It's a tough league to get out of because as we've seen. A lot of a lot of teams are building up a lot of points that are not even making it into the playoffs because the division is that unpredictable and lots of people are beating each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, I'd really like to see as as much as fun it can be. There's there's obviously the the, the di- differences in quality. You know, we've seen like so Cambridge and Forest Green coming to the division where Wednesday have have just shifted them to one side at Hillsborough. I think. Cambridge must hate hate coming up to Hillsborough. I think they've conceded eleven goals in the last two visits. Uh, mm-hmm. There are only two visits to to Hillsborough, so ultimately it's got to be. But everyone loves a cup run. Um, I know a football purist like me, me and yourself, George. We love that tradition. We love that. Um, just just being involved with with the FA Cup and its history, and and we know we're following it from a non league level all the way to the final. You just want to be involved with it and. As long as we're in it, and if we, it, the worst thing would be to to get knocked out to Fleetwood in the next round, and then ultimately then see our League One form crash and we finish in then playoffs because I think it's going to be a really tough tough uh, ordeal if we had to go in that again. And uh, I mean, we were in the we were in the Wednesday uh, end for the <clears throat> for the Sunderland game, and we know how how heartbreaking it were at the end when we thought. We've got back in this, and then they quickly distinguished all the hopes that we had, and I just want to get it sealed automatically. <laughs> you mentioned there, then Dev, that it's Fleetwood at home in the fourth round, and it's interesting as well because I I had a look through the season so far in the FA Cup for Wednesday, and you've already made reference to the Morecambe game, which Windass scored in. I think you said, and then it was. Mansfield at home in the second round, the Morecambe one being at home as well, of course. Then Newcastle also at Hillsborough, and now at Hillsborough again for round four. Um, there were twenty five thousand in attendance on Saturday. It's clear they played their part in some ways um, against you know the the big Newcastle away support. Do you think that could be important? Certainly against Fleetwood. Fleetwood, I guess, is one you think Wednesday could come through and then who knows who you could face beyond that? Yeah, I think speaking to a lot of my mates, uh, it's it's been like a, a very mixed reaction to, to the draw. Um, I think a lot of people are, were hoping for, for bigger and I think if you, you could ask anybody in, in that cup draw and you don't get somebody that's either higher or a big, big, big club. Um, that's no disrespect to Fleetwood, but I know they were playing workshop 13, 15 years ago. So, um, very much a, a club in a good position anyway. Um, we have obviously played Fleetwood before, and it'll be interesting because of the uh, the Sean Sean Rooney outburst from the last game where he, I, I I I don't know if he's still having a tantrum, and I don't know if he's going to be suspended for for the FA Cup game. But if he's not, it might make interesting. Uh, uh, viewing uh, <laughs> after his little tantrum at Darren Moore, but overall, I think I think it's a now the dust has settled a little bit. I think it's a good draw because I think it, it could be one, and I, I think I'm I'm sort of leaving myself to be shot at here. Um, but as as like a football fan and and not like sort of with any sort of journalist head on that I'd normally would go into this with. 
I think it, it it's a, a good favourable game where I think we could beat Fleetwood and probably should beat Fleetwood. Um, obviously, the de- I think there's a there's a gap in quality between the two sides. I think home advantage, as you say, but this is the FA Cup. This is this is what we want. That's what the shocks are there for. We've seen it already. I mean, they beat QPR and QPR have been in that sort of mix between. Is it third and sixteenth that are vying for them play, uh, championship playoffs? However, mm-hmm. um, we are like they still be a, a higher opposition like ourselves. They'll be hoping for you know that sort of inspiration to take into the league, whether they want to push up from the table or anything like that, or get away from them bottom drop zone. But again, I think you did mention the Hillsborough one, and it sort of. Up- it frustrates me a little bit because we know what the, the atmosphere can be at Hillsborough when it's full capacity. Um, and it, it might be a bit hypocritical because I was unable to get there. And I think a lot of people would be in the same position because of the train strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might have contributed to only 25,000 there because, I mean, we had, I was at the, um, the Port Vale game and there was 26,000 there. Mm-hmm. And and you're sort of thinking, well, Newcastle at home, massive game. You're expecting to be Hillsborough full to the brim and bouncing. And the, I, I'm just glad that they didn't have the the little light show with the cameras there. That was uh, <laughs> as, as as like diehard Wednesday fans will know. That's a pleasing thing because we saw it at Sunderland and and that didn't end well. Um, <laughs> from from Fleetwood, they'll be they'll be licking the lips, I think, to to cause that upset and. Um, I think it should be an interesting game. I think that it mirrors sort of the the opening two rounds, albeit Mansfield aren't in the in the league in League One, but you know I think they they're an opposition that could be good enough to survive in League League One anyway. So I'd probably put that on that. I don't think that that depth of quality between Morecambe and Fleetwood and them mm-hmm. is that great. Is that big? So I think I think it's similar opposition to what we faced and. We sort of limped through them over two rounds. I think probably wasn't the greatest performance against Morecambe uh, and Mansfield. We only got through due to to Michael Smith's brilliance in the last uh, twelve minutes of normal time. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, get through and and get a good tie. But I mean, ultimately, it's about keeping that run going and that winning feeling. And you know, winning breeds that winning mentality and. After, I mean, where the Fleetwood game falls, we've got Fleetwood. And one thing that might favour them is that I think we might rotate mm-hmm. because our next three games are Barnsley, who are fourth, Plymouth, who are, I think, I think Plymouth are third still, and Ipswich, who are top. Uh, um, actually, it's the other way around, is it? Sorry, Plymouth uh, are top. Yeah, and it's very important detail uh, as well. Yes, to make sure that yeah, we're not getting <laughs> Ipswich any promotion for you. Um, but we have that run of Barnsley, Plymouth and Ipswich and to me I'd take that 5-0 hammering from Fleetwood to get at least 7 points out of those 3 fixtures so bring it on, it'll be interesting you, you want that momentum, it's a double-edged sword because you want that momentum but you also want to do well in the league and I'm sure a lot of clubs are in the same position I'm sure they are I have to say when I was first made aware of the draw. I didn't watch it live because we were on the way out of the Norwich game on Sunday. But I think Wednesday against Fleetwood, while like you say, it it maybe isn't that exciting for the fans. I think it's exciting from the outside looking in because it means 
in the last 16 of the FA Cup, you're now guaranteed a League One club to be in there, which is not something you could say happens every year. So I think that element of it is exciting. I'm sure that the TV cameras probably won't be picking it because, you know, I've, I've had my bone to pick with them in a previous episode. I won't get into it again, but personally, I would rather see that sort of game to a, another all-Premier League game, which they'll probably pick. As I said, I won't get into that too much. Um, in terms of that Fleetwood game, you've already mentioned how you think it might go. If you were to beat them, um, I take it you'd like a Steel City derby in round five, Devon. I don't think my heart could take that, George. I think <laughs> I think I think I speak for a lot of people in saying that the actual thought of it is exciting, but the actual doing of it is <laughs> gut wrenching. Um I normally like on past podcasts I try and bring an analogy in, but I'm I'm gonna skip over that. It, it is it, it's something that's daunting but exciting at the same time. I mean the last the last FA Cup fixture between the two sides in the Steel City derby was the semi-final in uh, 1993 where Chris Waddle had scored that that two-minute uh, wonder free kick. So if we could mirror, can guarantee that we have memories like that, I'll take it. But ultimately, I'll be back in there, uh, back in Ryan Reynolds and John, uh, John Minnelli's <clears throat> Wrexham side to, to cause an upset there, hopefully, because I want to see the National League clubs, no matter how maybe professional and on, on a level with League 2 and 1 they are, it's mm-hmm. nice to see the non-league side still going far in competitions. You've just heard Devon's verdict then on Sheffield Wednesday and their brilliant win, as we said, over Newcastle United. There were eight ties in total, though, which were won by a team from a lower division than their opponents in round three. I've mentioned four of them. I need to mention the other four, starting with Grimsby Town's win over Burton Albion. 1-0 it was at Blundell Park. We've, of course, mentioned Grimsby on previous episodes. I had Sam on, who's another friend of mine from uni, who covers the club for Grimsby Town Live. But we knew that game looked winnable for them. They've pulled it off. Um, So they're into round four. Really good from them. Also, Ipswich Town were 4-1 winners over Rotherham United. They're into the fourth round. Although I think you'd have to say that game really wasn't much of a surprise. I I don't know this for certain, but you would have to have thought that Ipswich, who are flying high in League One, would have been favourites at home against Rotherham, who have struggled of late in the Championship. So I wasn't too surprised by that result, in all honesty. I suppose the margin was perhaps the most surprising thing and Rotherham can't have been too pleased with that. Another game which didn't really surprise me, Bournemouth against Burnley. Burnley going to Bournemouth and winning 4-2. I don't think it would be too surprising if those two teams switch places at the end of this season with Burnley going up. I mean, that's pretty much nailed on. Bournemouth have maybe got more of a chance um, of making me look silly with that comment and staying up, but things haven't looked great for them recently either so we shall see about that but either way brilliant win for Burnley away from home at Bournemouth and lastly but by no means least Fleetwood Town 2 QPR 1 a really good win for Scott Brown's Fleetwood those four I had to get in there I hope you're pleased if you're supporters or followers of those teams and you've just had your mention there and there could be 
a ninth game to add to that list because Accrington Stanley were taken to a replay, a replay that's still to be played. They were taken to that replay by National League Boreham Wood. We've mentioned them in previous episodes too due to what they've done in previous seasons, but also this season they've kept it alive. That replay will take place in about five days' time from when this will be going out, four or five days' time. So they're going to squeeze it in before the fourth round weekend and the winner of that tie will host Leeds United on round four weekends. So it's a big reward, I suppose you could say. Speaking of replays, the Accrington versus Boreham Wood one might have been called off, but the rest of the games that were scheduled did go ahead earlier this week. So in case you missed those, Liverpool made it through with a 1-0 win at Wolves, although, of course, you could maybe argue that Liverpool didn't deserve to take that tie to a replay after a bit of VAR controversy at Anfield. If there's anyone associated with Wolves listening, then you have to let me know how you feel about that because um, I don't want to go too deep into the VAR stuff. But um, yeah, Wolves did look to have a goal disallowed at Anfield, which probably should have stood. West Brom as well defeated Chesterfield 4-0 at the Hawthorns but the reason I'm mentioning this is because of the great effort from Chesterfield not only to get to this stage but to take West Brom to that replay they were so close to getting through in the initial tie um, conceded at the end Brandon Thomas Asante who scored that goal in the initial game you could argue shouldn't have been on the pitch because he could have been sent off um, and he was given retrospective action um, he was given a ban following what happened in that game. So that was essentially the FA admitting, yes, he should have been off. So again, maybe there's something to debate there, but I think Chesterfield, even though they haven't gone through, they can be so proud of what they've done this season in this competition. And Leeds, I've mentioned it there, they're already through. They'll be playing the winner of Accrington Stanley against Boreham Wood. They beat Cardiff City 5-2 in their replay. Willie Nonto, he played a starring role in that game, a really impressive performance, some really nice goals as well. Those were the headlines from the replays and that's pretty much it for my summary of the third round I think of course there are some sides and matches that I haven't even given a mention to there I mentioned the four teams who had beaten teams from higher divisions and I said you'll probably be pleased to hear your team mentioned if you're one of those people your team hasn't been mentioned I apologize but if your team keep on winning in the cup I'm sure there's a good chance they will be discussed sooner rather than later perhaps even in the round four preview you never know however don't switch off just yet if you're still here you've heard Devon Cash talking Sheffield Wednesday but I also wanted to speak to him about Worksop Town who he has followed and covered for many many years now Worksop they play in the eighth tier of English football they went on a brilliant run in this season's competition. They just missed out on the first round proper though. And that's kind of why I haven't mentioned Worksop up until this point. But I had Devon on and I thought I've got to mention it. It was a brilliant run for them to make it to the fourth qualifying round. So as a bonus part of this episode, I thought I'd shine the light on one of the standout performers from this year's competition that you might not have heard about them because often the coverage of the competition before the first round is more limited. So here's Devon discussing kind of the run they went on and the teams they beat and also what it meant to the Tigers to go on the run that they did. 
I think the the biggest um, reflection of all this is just going from when the the past years that we've had. I mean, when we were at university together, the first season, uh, first year, and we're going through that that sort of February period where we had to raise that that thirty grand just to to save the club and make sure that he didn't fall. To go from that to this season and and probably with the Newcastle game included, um, it's probably been the best FA Cup season for myself in terms of just mm-hmm. like starting from a very early early rounds. I mean, we were in the we were in the pre- preliminary round. Uh, I think. Oh no! In fact, no. We started in the extra this year because because mm-hmm. um, of uh, I think we if we'd have finished the the place higher, we'd have we'd have got that cut. Um, but anyway, yeah, we started with. We AFC Mansfield, and um, we just come off of the back of a, a defeat to, to Stockton, which are, which this season to get more context, because I should imagine the only, the only viewer that'll they'll know the the whole Northern Premier Division is probably myself when listening anyway. <laughs> but um, the yeah Stockton and ourselves, we've been fighting it up at the top of the league, and Stockton won on that first game, and because of our involvement in the FA Cup and the FA Trophy, mm-hmm. um. Stockson managed to go on a seven-game straight winning run, get so far ahead. Um, I think I could quote one of their fans saying, get used to losing after the first game of the season. Well, since that game in the league, we drew uh, the following one against Bridlington, so they probably got a bit more confidence from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we've, we've won the 19 games, uh, you know, success in that. And it, it's been an unbelievable run in the league, but... Obviously, this is the FA Cup podcast, so we'll just talk more about that. I mean, the to to come away with the the, the win against AFC Mansfield were probably a given, and Worcester were flying uh, in the Hellenic League, but and and obviously Bobby Noakes uh, is somebody that I've I've managed to meet one of their media guys, and mm-hmm. since then struck up a good friendship, and that's the beauty of the FA Cup: everyone coming together, especially mm-hmm. in the non-league rounds. But beat them five nil. Um, then the the dream draw was getting um, Brackley in the next round, which will remain one of my favourite ever games. Just going there, playing against the, you know a side that were two divisions above. They were in mm-hmm. the uh, Conference North in the previous season. We finished in the playoffs, and to see works up, not just beating two 0 where we you know you get an early goal, you defend, and then you scrap another one on counter. It was a game where we absolutely we did dominate them. Mm-hmm. We the possession style was something that's when I think a lot of people realised we've got something special in this this side and we controlled play we won the game then we went to ground for it to ground for cup then we went to Gainsborough and they they were I think they were top of the league in the league above mm-hmm. um, and they've obviously a side that's got that national league history as well went there won one nil we had ten men for. The forty-six minutes of that game, what before they went back, they went down to ten men as well. Again, looked really comfortable. Didn't look like conceding. We had Clayton Donaldson, uh, former Sheffield United, Brentford, and uh, Birmingham City striker must have scored over hundred goals at least in the the EFL. Um, he couldn't get a kick because of Deegan Everton, somebody that uh, is close to works up fans at his heart. He kept him at bay really well. Uh, it was just a shame that it all came to an end at Alf Church, who then went on to have a have a brilliant story in beating Cheltenham and getting that tie before his screen. Uh, and you could probably tell by the little sigh that it's just something that in my, as you know, in the planning and um, you know what we could we could say it now. It's it's happened. You know that the, the plan of the 
the BBC FA Cup draw, being at Sandy Lane, the prospect of all that. Uh, it did hurt a lot on the way back from Old Church. We've, I've been on the bus back with the players quite a bit and that was the the, the dullest I've felt in, in a while just because it, it, it was like just shouldering, knowing that was going to happen. It was like somebody had just stabbed me in the back <laughs> a little bit. But credit to Old Church, they were the better side on the day and it could have been an even better FA Cup story had we have equalised... We had, I think if we'd had another five minutes, it'd have ended three three, and we'd have gone back to Sandy Lane, which I'd have had to desperately. Be, I'd, have, I'd have had to phone in work, wouldn't I? Because I run nights that week. <laughs> I suppose, but what you just said at the end there is something which fans will go through every single season, and it's it's something you don't necessarily think about. But while you're on the sort of run that Worksop went on, you don't think about what's going to happen if you don't keep on winning really do you you you're you're riding along the crest of a wave and it's a fairy tale etc but you're looking ahead to round one and you're thinking we're, we're gonna be there we'll win because you built up this momentum and it is it is interesting to hear you say that as, as much as you probably won't enjoy looking back on that time and that alf church day it's kind of that's kind of all all part of that cup experience as, as cliched as that might sound. Yeah, I think I think it's it's so it seems to resonate a little bit more when it's a non-league club and it's a non-league club you've been going to since you were younger. I know a couple of the sides down round your way have, have enjoyed some cup runs in the past and um and I've always seen it from from other clubs around us thinking, God, I I think I've said it to you many a time. Just to see where it was up in the first round proper would do me. Mm. So if if it meant we got knocked out every single time in preliminary round or whatever round, just to see us once in that FA Cup first round would be something special and something I could like tip my hat and go, yeah, I feel like that that that's that's something really ticked off on a bucket list. Um, however, I mean, it's it sort of, it, I, feel, I feel like sometimes these cup defeats have benefited the league run because I feel like when you've won that many games in a row, sometimes and you build up that momentum we've been allowed to sort of get still have that losing feeling by losing in the FA Cup the trophy the Sheffield and Senior Sheffield Hallamshire Senior Cup and then carried on and bounced back in the league and it sort of Mm -hmm. spurred that next couple of games Uh, and obviously we've gone on to beat the league record and the club record for successive league wins so yeah, I think either way, this season's going to be remember, memorable for both both occasions. Whether because it's the furthest I've seen us in the FA Cup, because the last time were two thousand and three when we played Bournemouth in the first round, and obviously it was this season was the hundredth year anniversary of of Worksop Town drawing nil nil with uh, Tottenham Hotspur at White Hart Lane in nineteen twenty three. Mm-hmm. So that had been an, it had been a real real good nod to that season I think it started to feel like it was destiny a little bit um, but yeah that, that defeat did hurt but to see us go on the run that we have I don't think anybody could have any complaints on that and, and sort of the work that Pete's done um, at the club and I think all the volunteers and the, the fans are really getting what they deserve after a tough few years Precisely and the way that things are going as you say just how good it's been in the league there's nothing to say that that FA Cup first round proper um, run 
won't be too far away. Let's hope for your sake that it is, Dev. Um, I want to shout out your socials. Workshop Town, of course, is is it Workshop Town FC on most things? Uh, yeah, so it's it's Workshop Town FC on Twitter and TikTok, uh, which I feel like make, make sure I'm, to check out the TikTok as well. Some good stuff on there. Aren't there? Yes, there's two view, uh, videos that I really want to hit a million uh, views. So keep just keep watching on every account you've got. <laughs> um, and then on Instagram, it's uh, WorksUpTown uh, underscore official. Because um, I think about four of the people took WorksUpTown FC and the others. So that was the one that we decided on. And the Facebook is, is as normal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, check it out, hopefully. If you want, if anyone's in like local in the area and wants to check out a, a non-league club that's hopefully on the up, one that's not just spending beyond the means, they're actually making the money self-funded, we're self-efficient now. Um, the atmosphere is good. The players are really personable. I mean, I mean, for anybody that's not doesn't know any like any sort of context, we've got the likes of. We could, as soon as it's an FA Cup podcast, got Terry yeah, Hawkridge. Yeah, go for it. Terry Hawkridge was part of the Lincoln run, mainly because the Imps, Imps uh, fella that came on didn't mention Terry, which I wish he did. But yeah, Terry <laughs> Terry got to the quarterfinals with, with Lincoln. Uh, obviously, James Hansen's a big name in the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup for his uh, wonders with Bradford. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, part of that Chelsea, uh, that Stamford Bridge victory for, for the Bantams. Um, and then we've got players like Sam Wedgbury who's played for like Chesterfield. So I'm sure if Kurt's listening, he'll, he'll know who Sam is. Um, Jay Rollins is, is is a big name in, in non-league. Um, and, and obviously Liam Hughes is, is banging the goals in at the minute. So that we, we, we're the highest scorers, joint uh, second highest scorers in the top four uh, leagues, uh, top four steps in non-league. We've also got the best defence in the top four. So expect goals and clean sheets if you come. Knowing that, now I've recommended it all that and it's on record. Uh, I expect now to lose on Saturday. Because um, <laughs> that's just how football works. <laughs> I really hope for your sake that it doesn't because you'll never let me um, forget it if that is what happens. Um, thank you for that, David. It's always good to, um, like, like you just said there, mention the players, create that awareness of non-league and works uptown the fourth oldest football club in the world definitely the fourth um deserve that recognition so thank you um lastly it's twitter and instagram isn't it at devon cash media is right you've just got a new job with huddersfield town i think i think i'm allowed to say that aren't i huddersfield town foundation so those are the places uh, to find your work well then george just because it's my favorite podcast yeah you, <laughs> you heard devon's socials being read out there they'll be in the description as well hopefully you've enjoyed hearing some of his stories there are some really good ones in there if you have do go on over and give him a follow on twitter and the different platforms he mentioned and while you're there don't forget to follow the pod if you're not already once again i've mentioned this every episode i'm going to continue to do it on twitter it's at pod, or via email pretty similar pod at gmail.com feel free to ping us an email we check them fairly regularly anyway that is pretty much it 
for this episode. I hope to be talking to you again very soon. That'll be for the round four preview.